Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saving Minds, the podcast that uncovers what's happening in the search for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease treatments. We're your co-hosts. I'm Shanti Skippington. And I'm Dr. Elliot Goldstein. Hi, Elliot. So um, today in this episode, uh, we're going to be discussing some of the most recent developments uh, in the Alzheimer's community. There have been a few, uh, two to be exact, drug failures Uh, the discovery of a new Alzheimer's-like syndrome, and then some really exciting developments in biomarkers that will hopefully pave a more positive path forward. So, um, Elliot, perhaps we can just talk about these two recent drug failures. Uh, it's, It's been since the beginning of 2019 that we've had two major late-stage Alzheimer's failures, and they've been incredibly disappointing to the Alzheimer's community. Maybe you could recap them for us. Yes, um, certainly. Uh, The two failures uh, that you're referring to uh, are from uh, Roche uh, with Crinezumab and very recently Biogen's Aducanumab. Interestingly, all of these failures, not just these two, but prior failures, over a half dozen or so, we now have learned have targeted the wrong form of amyloid. They've targeted the plaque form of amyloid. And this is now we learn from these failures and outstanding scientific research that plaque is not the correct target. Interestingly, all of the studies that have failed, including the recently uh, announced ones on crinezumab and aducanumab, um, these products, these antibodies were designed about a decade ago or even, you know, even earlier. And at that time, plaque was believed to be the underlying driver of Alzheimer's disease. But again, these failures just confirm once again that plaque is not the right target and we need to be targeting a different form of amyloid beta. We currently understand what the correct target is. So as you mentioned, um, the two failures are due to targeting the incorrect form of amyloid. But I think when these failures uh, came out, they received lots of media coverage and a lot of experts have come out and said, well, let's just throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, these two didn't work. Let's just throw the amyloid hypothesis out altogether. Um, And as you and I both know, uh, we believe that the amyloid hypothesis is still very valid, as do many other experts in the community, but it needs a sharper focus um, can you explain this view a little bit more and maybe talk a bit about how the amyloid hypothesis came uh, to being the most uh, popular hypothesis uh, surrounding the genesis of Alzheimer's disease? Yes, it requires going back uh, in the time machine a bit to the late 1990s. Uh, in fact, it was around 1998 that um, plat- the uh, amyloid uh, hypothesis Uh, the so-called amyloid cascade hypothesis actually, uh, was initiated. And it's because amyloid beta, significant clumps of amyloid plaque, uh, were found in the brains of patients who've died of Alzheimer's disease um, and large quantities. And plaque was evident. And at the time, also in the late 1990s, if you recall, this was the time um, where vascular plaque, you know, lipid-based plaque, fat-based plaque, was clearly discovered and understood to be the cause of heart attacks and stroke, blocking the arteries, choking the oxygen supply. And a similar sort of thought was applied to amyloid beta with significant amounts of amyloid beta plaque 
surrounding uh, neurons, brain cells, um, and apparently choking them or starving them. Well, we now have learned from all these failures, we mentioned two of them, but there's been a whole series of them over the last five or six years. All of them targeted the wrong form of amyloid. So I think we can throw the baby out with the bathwater as far as the amyloid plaque hypothesis is concerned. And the correct hypothesis we now know needs to be renamed the amyloid oligomer hypothesis. And interestingly enough, the oligomers, the only toxic form of amyloid beta, which were discovered and really pointed out 20 years ago, 1998 or so. So, so what's this uh, toxic oligomer? Um, well, small misfolded clumps of otherwise normal proteins are called oligomers. And when they misfold, they really have two essential features. They kill and corrupt. They kill neurons in their vicinity. They're directly neurotoxic. And they act like seeds or templates and corrupt normal forms of the protein in the vicinity. So it's essential that therapies like antibodies or other drugs must be selective for toxic forms of amyloid beta, the toxic oligomers, to be effective then, not waste ammunition on the wrong targets, and to avoid potentially serious side effects related to attacking normal forms of the protein, which again we want to avoid. Plaque is a normal, non-toxic form of amyloid misfolded oligomers, toxic oligomers, are the killers. So fortunately, there's been a lot of news about biomarkers also, which allows us to shift to a more positive theme. Uh, recent headlines have discussed biomarkers as really creating a biomarker revolution for Alzheimer's disease. Now, we've talked about biomarkers in earlier episodes, but perhaps you could remind us what they are, uh, discuss their value to Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease, and you know what this revolution is all about. Yes, happy to do this because this really light at the end of the tunnel now and optimism on the horizon because of the biomarker revolution. It really is revolutionary. So, well, first of all, what, what, what's a biomarker? Well, it's biomarkers are objective elements, things that can be measured in the human body, ideally in the blood, of course, because it's easy to draw blood frequently. And these are elements that correlate with patient response to therapy. Well, let me give you an example of one biomarker that's really gaining a lot of attention. It's called NFL. That stands for neurofilament light chain. It can be measured in the blood which makes it very easy to do uh, at the beginning of a clinical trial or at the beginning of patient therapy, and then follow every month if one would like. Um, and NFL levels, neurofilament light chain levels in the blood directly correlate with the death of neurons. So the higher the NFL level levels measured in the blood, the higher the rate of neuron death, the more neurons that are being killed or destroyed by these toxic oligomers. So if a drug product is designed to slow or stop the death of neurons, neurons are brain cells, NFL levels will decrease if the drug is effective in doing what it was designed to do. And remember, this is an objective measurement, whereas up until now, we've really only had subjective behavioral rating scales, dementia rating scales, to gauge whether a patient's responding to therapy or not. And they're highly subjective and not all that precise. Now we have really precise measures. It is a true biomarker re revolution. Uh, the advantages are, are, are manifold. Early decision-making, 
to stop a product that is not showing effect or pushing forward a promising therapy. That's what biomarkers will allow us to do because we can track the ability of a product to slow or stop the killing of neurons. And we strongly believe that this can be done after only 12 to 18 months of therapy versus the current paradigm that is very time consuming, up to eight or nine years and prohibitively costly. In the case of aducanumab, we know that Biogen spent approximately $900 million, so roughly a billion dollars, and it took over eight years of clinical trial work to determine actually that although they had potentially positive results in phase two, that actually in phase three in large scale trials, after about eight years of work, that the product was not going to deliver on its effectiveness. So this truly is a big, a big revolution. We now know the target to, to attack toxic oligomers, oligomers of amyloid beta in this case. We have a product that, at, uh, that promise that selectively target toxic oligomers so we can finally test them. They've never been tested before, products that selectively target oligomers. Only target products targeting plaque or all forms of amyloid beta have been tested and they failed. And third, we can do this in a cost-effective and time-effective fashion over 12 to 18 months and for costs in the range of 10 to $20 million instead of the hundreds of millions I cited before. This is truly revolutionary, Shanti. It sure is. And I, I just have to think that perhaps if these biomarkers would have been around several years ago, we could have avoided these two failures and perhaps even redirected the funds to candidates that had showed biomarker impact and therefore you know were more credible and worthy of being advanced and also you know the FDA last year has said that it will fast track candidates that can show biomarker impact uh, which will also help speed the delivery of therapies to patients so all great stuff um, great to see the research continuing so just moving on to our final topic today, there's been a lot of new media coverage lately about a new kind of dementia that I was hoping you could speak to. Uh, this dementia also derives from misfolded proteins, as does Alzheimer's disease, and researchers are calling it late. Um, can you tell us about the root cause of this dementia and perhaps explain its relevance and its similarities to Alzheimer's? I'll try my best. Um, so LATE, L-A-T-E. Let me just read out what the acronym is, and then we can speak in more, you know, straightforward oh, language. Boy, so gonna, LATE stands for... This is going to be bad, for, I bet. <laughs> yeah, this, well, it's a mouthful. Okay. It stands for Limbic Predominant Age-Related TDP43 Encephalopathy. Wow. Woof. What, what a mouthful. Okay. Um, what, what does that mean? Well, first of all, um, scientists have discovered in the brains of elderly over 80 years of old in particular, uh, a slow developing syndrome, if you like, similar to Alzheimer's disease, maybe less severe and more slowly progressive. And interestingly enough, they found in the brains of these patients, not misfolded toxic forms of amyloid, or tau or other protein, misfolded proteins, but they found misfolded pro forms of a protein called TDP43. So most recently, the scientists found that uh, misfolded TDP43 protein is actually very common in older adults. And about one quarter of people over the age of 85 
have enough misfolded TDP43 protein to affect their memory and thinking skills. By the way, when I use the form misfolded TDP43, that's the same thing as toxic oligomer or prion-like forms, multiple sort of synonyms for the same same thing. Once again, a protein that's misfolded is a bad actor because it kills neurons and it also spreads the killing, kills and corrupts. Um, TDP43 is a very interesting protein because it's inside all cells in the body um, and it plays really important functions. Um, Misfolded, aggregated, clumped up toxic forms of TDP43 are also known to be a key driver of ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, Another dementia called frontotemporal dementia, similar to Alzheimer's disease, but slightly different symptoms. And given the important functions of normal TDP43, it's absolutely essential to selectively neutralize only the toxic forms, sparing the normal forms of TDP43. And just to conclude on this subject, because I'm sure we'll be talking more about TDP43 in the future as it's misfolded toxic oligomer form is implicated in multiple neurodegenerative diseases, which I've just mentioned, including this new revelation, if you like, called late. Well, at Promise, we're currently evaluating and validating antibodies that are highly selective for only the toxic oligomer form of TDP43, sparing the normal forms that are essential for normal function in all cells in the body. So exciting new discovery. And we're learning that there are multiple forms of dementia. The commonality of all these neurodegenerative diseases and the multiple dementias is that misfolded toxic proteins are killing neurons. Different proteins, different toxic oligomers are killing neurons in different parts of the brain, causing different neurodegenerative diseases. But the commonality are these bad actor oligomeric proteins that misfold, kill neurons, and corrupt the neighbors and spread through the brain. So looking forward to talking more about TDP43. It's a really, really hot topic in neuroscience today. Well, I think your ending was really important for our listeners too, because this is what's wonderful about the research that's being done now to develop treatments for all misfolded proteins is that there is a shared root cause. It's this naturally occurring protein that goes bad and turns into a toxic oligomer. So I think that points to all the hope that's on the horizon. So thank you once again, Dr. Goldstein, Elliot, uh, for sharing your knowledge with us. And we look forward to our next episode.